good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to this podcast. This is episode six of the Saturday Night Selections from SBK. We'll be looking at the final leg of the Triple Crown this time over, a race that we won't be seeing a Triple Crown winner in, but we will at least be seeing a Kentucky Derby winner in, no Preakness winner this time around. But we do have Rich Strike, who did avoid the Preakness last time over. Plenty more to come over the next 20 minutes or so, but you're very welcome wherever you are joining us from. My name's Luke Elder. Uh, joining me is Tom Collins. Tom, how are you? Yes, I'm good. Thank you, Luke. Uh, last week was a good week uh, for the podcast <laughs> with the, the US race anyway. Um, it's nice to get a winner on the board, which we'll cover in a second. But no, I'm in good form. Really looking forward to the Belmont Stakes this week. Really good, actually, three days of racing at Belmont, um, Friday and Saturday especially. So definitely uh, a day or two to get stuck into. Yeah, I don't mean to brag, but the team of Luke and Tom up <laughs> an American winner. I know it's a, it's a, uh, an anomaly, isn't it? But uh, look, we hit the crossbar so many times for <laughs> four weeks. It's nice to actually get a, a winner on the board. When I say team, I'm just holding on to Tom's coattails. <laughs> it wasn't me. My, hey, my look, was... you're, pro- you're providing the English winners. So yeah, exactly. I, exactly. That's it. That's it. It's, it's a team effort. It's a team effort. But I'd say last week, last week must have been about the first race American wise that didn't completely change 10 minutes after recording. Oh, I was shocked when I saw the races actually kept on turf. I couldn't believe it. Obviously, we build this race as being on turf, but there was rain forecasts and it could have been washed off. And then we'd have just got a completely different event to what we discussed, which would have been exactly the same as the four weeks we've covered so far. Um, but luckily, they stayed on the turf. And the race actually panned out absolutely perfectly for the eventual winner and selection, Emmanuel. Absolutely. Emmanuel, it was that uh, they managed to win. Uh, if you are, by the way, watching this on YouTube and you're thinking that you'd like to listen to us in the car, you can do that. We are available on all major uh, podcast platforms. Wherever you do get your podcast, uh, you can listen to this. And a bonus, it means that you don't have to see mine or Tom's face, which is <laughs> always fairly nice upon, uh, upon that. And also, we are going to be recording a uh, Royal Ascot uh, special on the US runners. Myself and Tom will go through every single US runner there is. Uh, it won't be a long one, about 15 minutes or so. And uh, we'll, we'll go through the best chances of a US winner at Royal Ascot. But we'll look back on the, the Pennine Ridge. Um, not really much to say. Emmanuel jumped out, made all that was that. Yeah, we can keep this one brief. Uh, six runners in the race. Emmanuel got the predicted easy lead, as we expected. 25.19 seconds through the quarter, 51.72 seconds through the half. They walked up front. He was the lone pace in the race, and he just cleared away. Um, it was a dominant success. He took a lot of money in the States, and he's an interesting horse on turf moving forward, especially given the, the ability he showed on dirt. Of the others, I thought unanimous consent ran pretty disappointingly uh, back and forth. Elazar looked to need the run, came there with a, a rush, but then faded late on. And the Napoleonic War ran okay in second. I think it was a good race, but they kind of gifted it to Emmanuel. Um, maybe there'll be a few winners out of it, but a n- unanimous consent is one horse I don't want to be with next time. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It was a race as well where they went slow up front, but a lot of the other riders, they didn't just give a lead to Emmanuel. They gave about, uh, it, well, uh, Elazar about 10 lengths at a point yeah. and was was ranked keen at the back of the field. I wouldn't give up on Elazar at all. We'll, we'll be a nice horse in America, but there were some very questionable rides for me. Yeah, they, they were basically setting possible tasks. Um, Napoleonic War was given a chance. Unanimous Consent was given a chance. We had the kick, which he didn't. But Elazar, I think he's the most intriguing horse. Like you just said, of the beaten runners in the race, he took so much cash, didn't he? He opened a big price over here. Obviously a stupid price, given what we know about, knew about him anyway. But in the States, he was sent off uh, around five to two, just bigger than five to two. So I think he's a horse for the future. He clearly needed that run. He blew up close to home and he could be a graded stakes winner in the, in the near future. Uh, well done to Tom. 
at four, our first US winner. It doesn't sound great. This is a US podcast, <laughs> but like I say, every race generally changes its complexion the second after we record this podcast. So um, I look forward to Mo Donegal coming out of the Belmont Stakes. Um, Tom, uh, Belmont Stakes preview. Uh, Mo Donegal just wins, doesn't he? Well, I hope so. Um, as you said, like our first US winner, my form figures in the main races are three, three, two, two, one. If Mo Donegal wins, it keeps up with a perfect little synergy we've got there. Um, I, I, no, he's going to be second favourite in this market. We're going to cover the runner by runner now, but I think we're both uh, going to side with the same horse when it comes to the tip. Yeah, and if Mo Donegal wins by OCD, we'll be ticked. We'll be absolutely <laughs> fine. Um, horse number one, we'll start the runner by runner, is We The People, who is a real player. Uh, he won the, the Peter Pan uh, last time around, obviously went to Oaklawn uh, behind Cyberknife at the time before and, and bombed out uh, over at Oaklawn. I don't think really had the run of things that day, didn't break the best, was caught wide, wasn't in the position that We The People wanted to be. The last time at Belmont in the Peter Pan, much, much better. Went to the front. You could argue that he's the only horse that handled the track. You might be asking me, what do you mean about the track? Because it was on good dirt. It wasn't on good dirt at all. That's the official um, the official rating for the track. It was it was pretty sloppy. Uh, he handled things on the front end, went to the, the fore, and, and, and that was that. Um, he's going to have to improve again, but we the people's a player, Tom. Yes, he is. One horse is probably not a player. It's horse number two, Skippy Longstocking. You've put him up as a good each way shot in previous um, analysis of a race we've covered on this podcast. In this race, I think his task is pretty difficult. He's going to be 20 to 1 on the morning line. He's only won twice. Both of those victories came at Goldstream and after having 10 starts. Now, this is a horse that's been progressing through the, the ratings and through the grades. He's only had two runs in graded races. He ran okay in the Wood Memorial and he ran okay again in the Preakness. But he has plenty to do to turn the form around with some of the market protagonists in this race. He's already been beaten by Creative Minister and Mo Donegal. I don't think he's a player, but he could be ridden more aggressively if he sits third or fourth in the race. You know what? Maybe he finishes third in, in, by the finish. Um, but it's a tough task for him to win. Yeah, he'll be one that's staying on. Um, one that is a, a very interesting runner in the race is Nest, because Phillies don't have the best of records in this race, but admittedly, they don't try this race all that often. The last winner uh, that was a Philly was 2007. That was Rags to Riches. And I think this is an interest spot for, interesting spot for, for Nest, was obviously second last time around in the Kentucky Oaks. That was a good run. Um, I didn't really think the Belmont Stakes would be her next port of uh, call. I thought there were easier races further down the line, but fair play to Connections for trying this. I do think she's going to come up short here, though. Yes, she's very intriguing. And so is number four, Rich Strike, who's your Kentucky Derby winner. Look, we haven't seen him for five weeks. We thought he was going to run in the Preakness um, after he won at Churchill Downs. The Connections decided to stick by their initial plan and go for the Belmont. Look, this horse could be coming here with, with a triple crown uh, potential to his name, but unfortunately, we, won't, we didn't see him at Pimlico. He, he went to Churchill with a, a high buyer of 64 on dirt, somehow got in a res, as a reserve when Ethereal Road got taken out, drew 21 and won from last to first. Shock result. Will he do the same in the Belmont? I think it's a tough task, but he's 72 on the morning line. You have to respect a Kentucky Derby winner, no matter what they've achieved prior to that victory at Churchill Downs. Eric Reed said he's been training like an absolute monster in the mornings. He's going to have a tough task from last in this race with a lack of pace up front. But look, this is Rich Strike. Who knows how he's going to perform? Yeah, the, the closer I get to the race, the more I do think he might run OK. But whether he wins, I don't know. Creative Minister is next on the list, who we last saw in the, the Preakness. He finished third in, in that. Was staying on late on in the piece, but I'm not really sure about the trip for Creative Minister. But this isn't a horse that's a complete back number. He, he will take a bit of money in this race, and he will be fancied by quite a few. Obviously, before that, he managed to win a largely more uncompetitive race than allowance optional claiming at uh, Churchill. Took a big step up last time. You would think he's a little better than that in the Preakness, but I don't have a win of the Belmont, Tom. 
No, I think Creative Minister will actually sit close to the pace. One horse that won't is Mo Donegal, number six. He's a son of Uncle Mo, hence his name, Mo Donegal. And he's three from six lifetime. All three victories have come in New York, which is a positive given this race is obviously at Belmont Park in New York. He's the Wood Memorial winner. He was given a great ride that day by Joel Rosario, scooting around the inside and picking up early voting in the closing strides. Early voting has gone on to win the Preakness, so that form stacks up nicely. He's the one horse in this race that looks guaranteed to stay the mile and a half trip. I think that's his big positive. The one worry is the lack of early speed. Will Mo Donegal get the setup? If he does, then he's surely a major player. He's five to two on the morning line. Maybe he'll, he'll win his fourth uh, start after seven races. Yeah, and keep the OCD going. As, as well, more importantly. Um, Golden Glider is a horse who I think is very much a back number in this race. He was beaten at when second pretty comfortably in the Peter Pan behind We The People last time around. I'll be honest, I don't think he looked a, a real stayer uh, when he finished fourth in the bluegrass. He was up towards the pace. He faded out of things. That's that's me done on Golden Glider. He's not winning this. No, I also don't think eight number eight is going to win this. Barber Road. He's also missed the Preakness. He ran in the Kentucky Derby. He got a similar trip to the likes of Rich Strike and Mo Donegal. Mo Donegal was found really wide. So was Barber Road, but he had every chance of winning. I think it's very tricky task to see him beat Mo Donegal. He finished one place behind him in the Kentucky Derby. He's only won a maiden. He could have been claimed for 30K that day when he won a maiden, but Connections, John Ortiz, trainer, has kept him. And look, this horse has given him some great days. He's running in grade one company. He's going to be a huge price on the morning line. But the one positive for Barber Road is that Joel Rosario takes the ride. Joel Rosario is a player on a big day on the dirt at Belmont. It's ideal for Rosario. Maybe he produces his A game here and Barber Road runs into a place. Very difficult to see him winning, though. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, this has been a race that we've talked about in, I think, every single podcast that we've done so far. Um, this is the, the sixth one. And in each one, we've mentioned that Mo Donegal, we think, wins the Belmont. I'm not changing that view now. Uh, of all the three Triple Crown races, this is the one that I was most confident on uh, for any selection or any tip. And I, I just think Mo Donegal is a very, very good horse for this spot. No, I completely agree. We're going to be teaming up again um, with one horse here. We did it with your beer. That didn't work out very well. Um, but hopefully we're going to get much better here with Mo Donegal. My one issue with him is that there's not that much speed in this race. We the people is going to go forward from the inside gate. Creative Minister will probably be ridden aggressively. Maybe he just sits on the shoulder of We the People. And this is why We the People's favourite on the morning line, because he could get an easy time of things up front. Mo Donegal, in my opinion, is the most hunted horse in this race without any question. He's going to stay the trip. Well, his running style suggests that anyway. He's yet to be proven at the distance. But look, I've got no concerns about that. I think he ran an incredible race in the Kentucky Derby. He was drawn gate one. He had to switch 10 wide in the straight and still finish fifth behind some good horses. Um, I, I just can't really get away from Mo Donegal. I think he should be favourite. The one worry, as I say, is the pace. Yeah, I think he'll be ridden different. I will say one thing. Um, I was talking to a colleague of ours at Sky Sports Racing, Peter Fornatale, and he said he thinks that Mo Donegal will be ridden different as well, uh, in a sense that he won't be handy, but he'll at least be midfield. And I think that's the right way to ride him because then you're not handing the likes of we the people the race by saying yep here's a 10 length a 10 length advantage but i do think everything will uh, will suit mo donegal one that won't is probably rich strike who i doubt they'll change things up with him but like i say the closer i get to the race the more i do think you know what this, this horse might run all right here yeah he's been working really well as i said uh, the trainer eric reed has said he's been a monster in the mornings at churchill and since he shipped to, to belmont he did a 59 second flat five furlong breeze which is pretty decent um, I am starting to warm to him a little bit, not for this race. I think he's obviously a reasonably talented horse. He's won a Kentucky Derby. Of course he is. Um, but prior to that effort, obviously, he didn't show he was anywhere near as good as this level. 
But I am warming to him, as you say, the pace is not going to suit him. He's going to need some sort of pace collapse and it looks very unlikely that's going to happen. He's going to be held up last early. He's definitely not the quickest breaker in this field, um, arguably the slowest, and that doesn't help his early position. I think he'll probably run on and people will be like, yeah, well, he ran, he ran the same kind of race in the derby. Um, he won that race because of the pace collapse and didn't win the Belmont because there wasn't a pace collapse. But I think he's going to be a horse for the future if Eric Reed decides to keep applying his trade in grade one level rather than retiring him. Yeah, I, I think they probably will keep going with him as well, uh, Rich Strike. But he is very much bred for for this sort of race, and they avoided the Preakness because he has got a lot of stamina in his pedigree, being by Keen Ice, as is uh, say a few other sort of stronger stayers in in North America over the last couple of years. But um, Rich Strike maybe more of a place candidate than anything else. We'll mention We the People before getting into se- uh, selections because We the People was an impressive winner of the Peter Pan. I do think he handled the surface and the others didn't, but he was really good. So you, you you kind of don't want to put all your hopes on on that. Yeah, he wasn't even considered to be a horse for the Triple Crown Trail. Um, this horse finished seventh in the Arkansas Derby, his first step up into graded level back in April. And he didn't really show up that day. He was beaten by Cyberknife. Barber Road was ahead of him. Um, there were other Secret Oath was ahead of him as well. Um, but then, as you say, in the Peter Pan, it looks a completely different proposition. Whether that was because he was up front, um, he handled the sloppy track, as you say, um, maybe that, that was the case. But we're going to see whether we, the people, can actually handle this massive um, increase in grade today. He's facing much better horses than he's ever faced before, even in the Arkansas Derby. So it'd be intriguing to see how well he runs. I think he's a terrible price, but the price <laughs> is reflective of the fact he might get an easy lead. Yeah, a little while ago, I was I was contemplating backing Mo Donegal at like seven to two and we, the people, at fives. Disappointed I didn't back Mo Donegal, but delighted I didn't back We the People, uh, albeit fives is, a, is probably a better price than you're going to get on the, the night. But um, I don't really need to say selections for, for this because we're, we're both with Mo Donegal. We have been for about a month and a half or, or so, and we're not we're not going to change our, our tack now. No, exactly. Mo Donegal for both of us. Hopefully, our NLTs gives him a good ride. As you say, midfield would be great early on. If he's just two or three lengths behind We the People, I think his stamina will pull, pull him through. Yeah, hopefully Mo Donegal can give us a, a few betting tokens for, for Royal Ascot next week. Like I say, myself and Tom will be recording a, a podcast for SBK uh, that will uh, take in all US runners at uh, Royal Ascot. I think there's about 10 or so uh, coming over, including five uh, for Wesley Ward. So we'll be going through those uh, runner by runner. Uh, we'll, I say, have a quick look at Leicester. Um, it's not a good meeting at Leicester. I'm, I'm out this week. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like we've, we've talked a short straw the last two weeks. <laughs> it was a terrible evening meeting last week as well that we covered. Um, but this week's Leicester's card it just isn't good either. Um, I ended up siding with just one horse, and even that was kind of a push. That one horse is Do Esprit in the 7.45. He's trained by Roger Varian. And I think the main reason why I like Do Esprit here in this spot is that Roger Varian has a brilliant record with his three-year-olds at Leicester. He's 29%, 26 out of 89 runners in his career for a healthy level stakes. Uh, profit and that's a big plus to me now there is a couple of other horses in this race that are, uh, are potential players he's a gentleman for hugo palms in there so michael stout uh smart prescott sorry he's got a good runner as well uh in noble mark but that horse both of his victories have been awarded in stewards room he actually hasn't crossed the line in front once yet um, and i'm just not sure about his resolution over this kind of trip so i'm going to stick with do esprit hopefully he gets a couple more pounds in my uh royal ascot bank but um it's a really tricky Leicester card and not one that I'd be playing with great confidence. Yeah, the, the race of the night that I'm most looking forward to at Leicester 
is that the seller, which on yeah. paper is a really interesting race. You've got Watermelon Sugar, I won't say, um, who is, <laughs> is four from four, but is still being campaigned in, in selling company. You've got Chief Little Hawk, who once upon a time was one of the leading Aiden O'Brien two-year-olds of, of, of that season, and nearly a goner who won impressively at Carlisle. So not, I'm not going to be betting in the race, but I, for once I'm going to be looking forward to a seller thinking this is actually a little bit interesting, but that's the, the 7.15 contest. Do Esprit for Tom in the 7.45, and for both of us, it'll be Mo Donegal uh, in the uh, the Belmont Stakes. It's going to be weird next week's podcast because we, we haven't got anything Triple Crown to talk about. We're actually going to have to talk about proper horse racing. I know, it's going to be nuts, isn't it? But look, last week we didn't have a Triple Crown, horse, uh, triple crown race to talk about either. And we had the winner. So hopefully it'll be the same moving forward. Hopefully our success continues, Luke. You've been firing in the UK victories. I've been, well, I would say firing just one, uh, one US winner, but hopefully that continues and this podcast uh, can provide the punters with loads more success. Yeah, firing. <laughs> from, from both from both sides from both sides <laughs> um, don't forget new sbk customers will get 30 pounds in free bets uh, by depositing 10 pounds that is perfect just before royal ascot as uh, well uh, that will very much help things uh, uh, out but uh, mo donegal for myself and tom uh, over at uh, leicester do i've completely forgotten the name already do esprit do a spree. Do a spree for, uh, for Tom. Uh, Tom, uh, thank you very much. Uh, in real life, I'll see you in a few moments because we're about to record the, <laughs> the Royal Ascot podcast. But in podcast terms, I'll, I'll see you next week. Yeah, see you next week, Luke. Thank you, everyone, uh, for listening. Of course, you can find us on all major podcast providers and, of course, on YouTube. Leave a like and a comment in the comment section below. No negative stuff. Just leave that stuff off. We, we're absolutely fine without that. But until uh, next week, have a very good uh, week. Stay safe. Look after one another. Goodbye. Goodbye.